Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of our governance as code discussions. And we start very broadly looking at governance as code as a general thing and quickly pull down into a more infrastructure as code focused discussion about how do we actually audit, control, make sure that, that when we build infrastructure that it's following our policies. And uh, we talk about that a bit and, and the challenge is of actually making sure that what we've, what we've automated is actually conformant. And that's really, really important. Um, and so our discussion focuses around those areas and I know you will get a lot out of it. we were going last time, you know, we, we were really talking through, you know, sort of this next iteration after infrastructure as code, which is defining the rules of how things should be put together mm -hmm. as, as code, right? I mean, because governance, this is, this to me is where I, where I sort of struggle. I look at infrastructure as code and automation as a way to enforce policy as code, right? The, the, the automation should, should be, doing the work of, of, of providing governance, right? But, and, and so, but that's not what I think people are saying when they talk about governance as code. That's not I, what they're wanting, right? So, so the, my big problem with governance as code, and, okay. and I'm, not, I'm not good at a good one to talk about it, but so anything that you say as code means that you've already solved the problem and you just want to implement your solution. And I don't know that we've solved governance yet. I don't know that large enterprises have truly solved governance. Oh, I'm not sure I go with your first premise, but um... mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would I would say personally that the as code part uh, just means um, taking the human factor out of the decision process. So, or, or at least out of critical parts of the process. So for example, infrastructure as code, um, you have, you have your, your, your spec saying like, okay, I want this infrastructure. And then the downstream workflow is, is being handled by the code. It's repeatable, it, it is auditable, so when you when we apply that to governance, we say, okay, we ha I we have a I have a spec. This is how I want this organization to be governed. Uh, I'm going to put it as code. I'm, I'm going to run it in in an infrastructure that that takes the spec that uh, and that and it realizes it. And more and the, the important part from uh, that comes out of doing that is that it closes governance loopholes because it puts the authority in in the hands of the automated process as opposed to, uh, for lack of a di different word, dictators or uh, or, or yeah. like the equivalents of Elon Musk. Yeah. Oligarch. Wait, how Oligarch, does it get yes. 
All right, I, I missed the jump. <laughs> How did... All right, Klaus, back up. <laughs> uh, okay. So, where, where, uh, where did go, keep go, go, go ahead? As I uh, just trying to, to understand, like which which part did you miss? I guess I guess where how do we get to Elon Musk? <laughs> um, I, I I'm trying to draw draw comparison with with how he uh, handles his businesses, like so, Tesla, SpaceX, okay. even his interactions with with Twitter. Like he he has uh if, I wouldn't say he has clout because I I I I would say that, but he has political power that He's can affect influence. governance, mm -hmm. and 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 it's a, it's an individual that that can affect governance, uh, and and when you try to codify governance, you want to avoid that kind of stuff. You want to you want to enforce democracy like in, in in the governance process. So by doing it as code you're removing that influence factor. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah, you're removing the influence factor. To an extent. There's, there's no, yeah, to an extent, but. There's still bias, but not as, not influence. It, it is, it's, if you, if you can codify and, and build a spec for your governance, which I'm, that's, that's where I think we fall down. Honestly, okay. me. But if you can build that, and then you can implement it as code, and it will be as fair as your solution is. It doesn't mean that it's fair, as Rocky was pointing <laughs> out. It, it doesn't mean that it's fair, but it's at least going to be consistent. Predictable. Predictable. Okay. Yeah, you at least know what you're getting. Right. You you don't have someone who is, you know, the the lunchroom Nazi or whatever, you know, the, <laughs> the soup Nazi, uh, the soup Nazi. <laughs> you don't have someone who can just arbitrarily decide that you don't get what other people have. And that's what governance is now. If you're, if it's not codified, it can be again. Oh yeah. I mean, when I, when I look at the governance's code efforts, it's very much uh, positioned as not that type of control system, but basically doing um, audits and validations as part of a, it's not a resource limit limiter per se, it's a, um, did you follow the rules check? Which I mean, I could see it trending that line, but it's things like, you know, before I, I you know, give you access to a virtual machine, I'm going to make sure that it follows this, um, it's the security template and doesn't have processes that it's not supposed to have. It has these, you know, security set up in this way. And then that's actually defined as a YAML file somewhere. And you basically have a agent, right? This is when, when I, when I hear governance is code, I think of, you know, chef inspect or something like that, where you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to inject audit as part of my process. And that audit is defined as part of a, you know, system definition for the things I'm doing. That's that's governance is code to me. Maybe I'm missing something. 
Uh, okay, that, that, that's an interesting aspect of governance. Uh, my my my, uh, this, is, my this, view... is, this is why we were crossing our wires. Okay, now yeah. So so what what I was thinking about in governance as code was um, and this again draws back to my personal experience. So it it might be that my my thought of it is the exception, but um, in, in my previous position when I was working with with a with a blockchain company, um, one of our concerns was governance of the blockchain itself, because mm -hmm. uh, because again, like it, the blockchain was intended to be a safe platform for uh, decentralized securities trading. So you need to have governance guarantees you need to you need to have your governing council you need to have your rules set for making changes to, to the governing council and the governing council needs to have the ability to come to uh the consensus when they want to make significant changes on the blockchain uh without without the ability of without the ability to destroy the assets of consumers of said blockchain sure so, so that's where where my perspective of governance comes from is that you have the go governing uh governance council which is which are able to make significant changes to the platform that may be the detrimental and by implementing governance as code you um Hmm. You 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 encode the safeties of your platform to ensure that uh, no uni unilateral changes are being implemented. But that, and, okay, so that's multi-party governance is code. That's that's yes. a collaboration, which is which in some ways is the thing that makes we don't talk about it much from a blockchain perspective, but that's part of what makes blockchain really interesting. Is yes. that the governance of the chain is in is included in the code of the chain? Yeah, yeah, and and, and again, like uh, I, I'm glad that you that you pointed out the multi-party uh, part of it is because again, it it could well be that that like I said that that my impression of what govern what governance as code covers is strongly tinted by my experience with multi-party environments uh and you you on the other hand you're looking at it as well single organization with a clear govern governing uh structure right. uh you have different priorities i i'm not yeah and i'm not even looking at it um as um, there is a there is a policy component to it from from the place i i see it it's literally like i'm doing a whole bunch of automation does it does it match the rules? And and part of part of where I see this coming from is actually and and it's not that dissimilar in a lot of ways is that it's it's a it's a putting toothpaste back in the tube operation. It's like okay, I've I've given you Terraform, I can let you spin up a whole bunch of stuff. You're not doing it to my spec because I can't actually. You're you're bypassing all of my my gates. Um, and therefore, I need some way to come back and say, hey, you took this self-service action or this automated action, 
And I, I don't know if you broke all the rules and created an insecure environment or a really expensive environment, or, you know, it could be something as mundane as, you know, you're supposed to tag all the VMs with the name of your department so that we can, when we do a, a after the fact audit, we can attribute you know, cost centers, correct? And bill back or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's when I, when I think of, of governance as code, that's, that's the, it's, it's a, but that's, I, I have a much more narrow definition of it from that perspective. Well, then, yeah. Then actually with your definition, those are easy to define rules, right? I mean, that's. Uh, well, and this is actually where my question comes in. It's, it's, it's not always easy to define the rules because something like reviewing a tariff, like this is what uh, uh, Chekhov and some of the Terraform stuff that they're trying to do where they'll lint Terraform and they'll, they'll do an analysis of a plan bef supposedly before it's executed. Mm -hmm. And to, to try and ensure that, that your plan is following the requirements. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or, or that, that if you suppress a requirement that it's being logged and, and, and it's auditable. Yeah, an audit, audit and log. Well, that was, I think that's where we went last time we talked about this was back towards audit and review and just like actually saying, you know, looking at what you've done to see if it's conforming. Um, which is not governance. But that's, well, it, it can be. It's important, it's, it's validation. Um, yes. But I, I feel like you know if, if you're looking at governance as a security story or as a um, spending you know control story, doing it spending controls you know wasting money is bad, but not um, <laughs> as long as it didn't go on for too long. Leaving the tap open does not usually create the type of risk that security uh, breaches would create. Um, although I think that the the lap the, the spending controls are actually probably the thing that people spend more time implementing than the security security and policy and and other other type of governance. Actually, I I find the opposite to be the case. Uh, spending oh, really? controls okay. tend tend to be forgotten until you have a an, an, a runaway incident. Still, <laughs> <Fair laughs> it costs you a lot of money. The uh... But see, when when we when when you say governance, I think about SharePoint and the type of governance that they have on there, and that's that's more nebulous. That's not as cut and dried as you know the rules that you have for um, your Amazon instance. I mean, how do you? So let, let's step back a second. If you're spinning up infrastructure in Amazon, how do you know that you're doing it, or any cloud, that you're doing it based to corporate standard? You use the corporate templates. Right. <laughs> we now, don't, I don't, um, I don't get to, for any of my clients, I don't, well, so we have a sandbox environment for our dev environment, but everything else has to go through the infrastructure teams. 
And they does have, that, what does that mean? Go through the infrastructure team. So we we tell them how many and what we need, and they build it. Aha. Okay. So it's not a self service environment. It's not it's a, a self service environment past depth. Okay. Uh, it, it, interesting, but but because one of the things that I've been working on is a supervised self service environment, and 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 this is actually giving me an idea regarding what we're talking about in that um, we're finding it hard to um, to draw a, a fence around what governance is because governance is perpendicular to what to how we usually uh, do our as code uh, implementations like we because we have infrastructure as code, we have services as code, we have other things as code. Governance is a crosscut across all of those to ensure, or at least in the sense that we're just talking about, uh, like governance cuts across them yeah. to ensure that that we are conforming to our particular uh, spec for configuration. So, so governance looks at the parameters that we are passing to our templates. And, and when we implement checks to our, in, in our parameters or assertions uh, to make, let's say, uh, let's say like, you, you can only uh, scale up to, 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 to this kind of uh, uh, instance, or you can only, uh enable the this kind of metadata server and, and, and not the other kind that that's governance but to us it's implicit as part of just configuring a template for for other people's to uh to reuse so so but, it, 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 yeah I, I mean i guess part of part of when, when i look at these the, the tools that we're using, Terraform like a template, it, there's nothing in it that enforces that you've taken that template and applied it correctly. That's what I, I some of what I see people trying to do, just still opt, opt in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that's, yeah, and that's where the, the, the governance comes in is that it's the additional CI/CD pipelines that that we're implementing, where we do that that verification, and and we're doing it impl implicitly because we know it's needed. Now now we're putting a name on it. I are are we but are we building things that like enable it? I guess that, I, I, that's part like or is or is that really just infrastructure as code and why do we need a separate thing? <laughs> well, I would say infrastructure as code is like if you boil it down, it's uh I have like I have a spec that that, that says I, I need this infrastructure. Uh, and, and you commit it, um, something goes and implements it for you. Governance as code is, I have this spec 
for infrastructure. Yeah. And I and I have the automated processes with, with like with the policies that are encoded as code, or, or at least a, a, as as written down configurations that verify that the the spec conforms to the SOPs of my uh, organization. Okay. So they could be they could be written and enforced outside of the pipeline. So, which I think makes a ton of sense. So you're you're saying, look, I can build an infrastructure an infrastructure pipeline that's completely automated. Part of that process should include some type of audit verification check that is written by the you know by and and, and auditable by a, by an external team, right? Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, would you you would then I would expect you would then rerun that conformance. So you would keep checking that the system has has not drifted out of policy. Of course. Okay. I I mean like at, at the simplest you would look at, at the audit logs and, and ensure that no one has made any changes and, and, and you trust that the audit logs are, are complete. But Yes, you, you can absolutely rerun your governance checks against the whole infrastructure and make sure that there's no uh, drift that has not been logged. And if there is, mm-hmm. then you've discovered a gap in, in, in your auditing capabilities and, and, and you know you need to patch that. Right. And for most of them, though, for most of the clouds, don't we get a pre-implement event that we can hook to? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, be- before this, I, I know that in Azure you get a before I create this resource, run this code. Intra, have you have you executed anything? Have you hooked, is that like a webhook or is it just a Azure DevOps thing? I uh, let me look it up. No, I've not used it in anger. I've always thought it would be fun. Ah, okay. I, I know that for the the pipelines that we build, um, our the practice that emerged for us over time was that we would have um, pre and post. Um, I wouldn't call it their 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 uh, extension points for any workflow, and we also so you could add in a governance check as part of a pre or a post stage in any any workflow that you build and say all right before i run do my runbook installs i want you to do a governance check um and that those are available I, that's why i was so interested in the the azure devops stuff because it, it it's what you need to be able to do to do the governance the way we're describing it yeah webhooks you're right uh so it's a webhook so it's going to rely on you to come back um, and do do the do the work. So that's like a that's like a notification. You'd be hard, you're not going to inject something into the process to potentially break break or stop the process with a webhook. Uh, I mean, you you, you could you could uh, if you have uh, decoupled pipelines. You 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 have one pipeline that that. That is the hook caller, which uh, calls the the next pipeline. Um, and then, if if 
if your governance check fails then 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 you just don't call the the downstream one uh, of course you, you you can you can do that the same without webhooks as, as well as long as you have like your pipeline dependencies but uh you doing it with webhooks allows you to interact with third-party systems yeah but that's still clunky i i give i I think you're right. I mean, you you don't have to have webhooks to do it this way. This doesn't gain you anything that webhooks. I mean, this doesn't. From what I'm reading here, it won't let you interrupt the pipeline, and that's what I was wanting. So I'm I'm I think I'm with you, Rob. That's it's it's nice, but not necessarily enough. Well, it's it's a it's useful if you were you know building a system that had to say, hey, I, I have more res I have a I have machines coming online. Let tell me, right? And then you could add a governance check on top of it. Um, that's what the, there's so many places to do this work because I could totally see somebody saying, oh, I'm doing governance code and I'm doing. To, to, to me, those are security scans. If you're doing it as part of a CI/CD pipeline, and then scanning something before you put it into uh, a vault, like checking your containers. Um, yeah. I, I guess I, you could call that governance as code. I, I mean, I think we're, to, to me, it's not crossing into the a built infrastructure. Does it follow my my rules? It, it's not just security, though. Like, you, yes, you, 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 one of your governance checks can be, like, for example, that you don't run your containers root. But another one can be that that your machines have uh, it, or or follow your naming scheme. Yeah, that's right. Now, that's a, that would be an important one, or it could be that you've you, you've installed certificates, um, right? That you're not running any any un uncertified uh, ports, web ports. So um, we we've, we've used uh, white mend is what it's called now. Was white source on source code to ensure that we weren't pulling in um, libraries that had incompatible um, licenses, mm -hmm. NuGet packages and things like that. Mm. So that's license, a governance. License is a governance too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But. Right. Well, and things like changing, you know, making sure that, you you know, maybe you, you, you're not allowed to run with root. Uh, yeah. installed on the machine there's there's all sorts of right i mean it, it it's good policy i i you know to me we're, I, right now i'm more concerned with do, can you set those things up to, to create to build it per policy not as much on the check that that things got done it would be nice to have both pieces um certainly adds a, a level of remediation for you to be able to point and say, yeah, I've ran, I ran all this automation and then I checked that the automation did what it was supposed to do. Right. I mean, like I said, in, in many cases, like governance as code is, is what we've already been doing. It, it's policy enforcement. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, it, it, it touches pretty much all stages of the SDLC. It, it, it touches mm -hmm. various of the, the silos that, that, that we that we deal with. 
Um, it's it it's hard to define, but because it, it it it's not just in 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 one specific specific area. And I think that's one of the the points with this is that this is a systemic it's a systemic need. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, we're actually over time, so oh, yeah. keep chewing on this. It'd be interesting to come in and you know have look at look at one or two tools in the chain. I think we keep coming back to the because um, this isn't something you you can do narrowly. Yeah, uh, actually, any, anything you do helps. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it would be good to to enumerate. Um, what what has been used so far in terms of policy enforcement uh, uh, and draw a governance as code landscape mm. uh, uh, which might help us identify gaps that, that that need to be filled yeah I like that let's do that I'll, I put it on the calendar for the 19th cool all right cool. All right. All. Thank you both. I appreciate the time. And for Rocky, who's not here anymore. <laughs> okay, I'll Cheers. Thanks. Well, this was a short conversation that really paves the way for ongoing dialogue about how do we audit and make sure that the things that we build, whether by hand or by automation, are actually meeting the requirements that we've set and that external audit or that third audit step, third party audit step is really important uh, and should be overlooked. So one of the things we committed to, and I hope you will join in, is a discussion about the uh, governance as code landscape. Where do we want to add these checks? How do we add these checks? What should the behaviors be? We will be talking about that and more in upcoming Cloud 2030 discussions. Please join us. We always want to have more voices in this in the conversation at the 2030.cloud. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.